What? <laughs> oh, that shouldn't be that funny. <laughs> I'm angry. Do you want Aldi's? Aldi's what? Aldi's, Aldi's nuts. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I hate that I find that so funny. Oh, I got to tell you a quick voice message because John sent it. Who's a big fan of the podcast? Yeah. John, I just want to let you know that this just made it into the pre-chat on the podcast <laughs> with the joke. Do, do you want some Aldi's? Aldi's what? Aldi's nuts? <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. I love a good D's nuts joke. I also love, do you like tapes and CDs? What do you mean? Because I'm going to tape these balls to your... Uh, tape, tape my dick to your face so you can see these nuts. That sucks. It's so that's bad. Too, that's too much work. It's so bad. Oh, God. Welcome to Hey Brew, the podcast about beer and storytelling. My name is Elliot. My name's Mike. This is a special episode of Hey Brew. Today, we are celebrating our first birthday as a podcast. Yes. So special that I forgot to do any of the intro bit there. That's fine. I think that was totally okay. Cool. If you haven't listened to the podcast by now, go back and listen to the intro of one of the other ones. Yeah. Although, this one's going to be like a very good intro to what we do. It really is, actually. Yeah. It's going to be like a bite-sized explode. It's going to yeah. be like popping candy version of uh, what yes. we do. Yes. It's more like... Most of our episodes are like the steak dinner. This is going to be like, you're at a house, there's chips and dip, you're trying everything. Sick, yeah. Oh, fuck, now I want chips and dips. Yeah, I am right. very hungry. After yeah. this, we're going to need food. Yes. All right. Um, so the reason we're going to need food after this, as you may have seen on our uh, Instagram or Facebook or socials at any point recently, is that we're going to be doing multiple beers today suggested by you, the users. Yeah. Do um, you have that list? The users. Of, the list of... of, of who suggested the ones that we're going through tonight because I, abso- I didn't think to add it <laughs> no don't worry i absolutely do because Good. um as i said it i was like oh shit in my head yeah, but Good. i have it here so i think from the top i think it's a really good idea to just thank everybody who's yeah okay so thank you all who jumped on the socials to recommend the beer to us some was in messages some was in uh, comments and really really mm-hmm. appreciate it thank you for all the uh, support over the last year as well um we have thank yous going out to jordan tinker phil mckay Haley hunter ron pete Tater Chance Shaker, Adam Hobbs, Adam Grant, and Kelsey Graves. So thank you, mm. every single person who suggested beers to us. We had a list of about um, 13 or 14 beers in the end as well as yeah. a few messages I forgot to pick up because yeah. I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> and um, I, to be honest with you, most of them, I'm just like, oh, I want to try that, I want to yeah. try that. But yeah. not necessarily sure how to make a, copy, a topic out of it. Yeah, I, th- I think like on, on relatively short notice, I think like given enough time, you could probably figure it out. Yeah, but, yeah, I can make something up. Yeah, yeah, blag it. Now, I was tempted to come in here with a couple of topics and just lie and just make stuff up on the spot, but I thought better to do something a little bit different. Keep that keep that integrity. Yeah, it's very unlike me. Um, <laughs> so what we're doing today is we're going to blast through three topics. It was going to be four. Very long story short, coronavirus has screwed me once again um, because it means I couldn't get hold of the one beer that I was absolutely certain I could get hold of, which mm-hmm. is Witchwood's uh, Hobgoblin beer. So um, I'm sorry to Adam Grant who suggested that one because I had a really good topic lined up. Yeah, um, I've, I've heard a lot of talk about how good that topic was today. <laughs> very sad. Um, but yeah, we're going to go through three beers today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's best if we jump into who suggested them just before we do each one, if that's yeah. all right. Yeah, of course. Um so just before that, though, the usual preamble, Mike, instead of going to the what the beer news is, yes. because we are first time back together again. Yeah. Like the, the boys, the boys are back in town. And by boys, it's you and me in town. It's my house hanging yeah. out, drinking beers again. It's our first ISO post ISO catch up. I'm, I'm very all fucking about pumped. it. I like came and picked you up. We had like a nice little road trip. 
I thought you were saying nice little roast. I was like, no. no. Uh, did, did some chap laps. Is that what you called it? Yes. <laughs> <That's>, anyway, um, <laughs> it was good times. Yes. Um, so as you can hear, my energy levels are quite a lot higher than mm. normally because normally we're recording we're, a Sunday album and I'm seeing, hungover. And we're seeing people. I'm seeing time. Yeah, well. <laughs> this is how excited I am. Yeah. Um, so, Mike, yeah. best beer you had in ISO. Yeah, I had to go back through my, my untapped history to, to, to make sure I get this right. Um, so it is from McKellar. Mm. Um, you familiar with them? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So it was one that I've had for a while. I had a couple of them, like they were big, big boozy stouts essentially. But the one of the two that I want to call out as, as the best one, uh, I think I had it on the 5th of May because I earned the Cinco de Mayo badge. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it's the Beer Geek uh, Vanilla Maple Shake. Oh, so shit. So it was that a nice. like double pastry stout uh-huh. and it had all of the right flavors in there for that like vanilla maple kind of like mm. bacon shake sort of flavor going on and it was just so rich and like even though it was uh you know a, a double stout like the booze wasn't that kind of punch you in the face you know you're going to get fucked after this but it was like a short boy can yeah and like 11 percent, i think Oof. and Certainly packed a punch. I'll say that much. Yeah. By, by the end of it, that is. Um, but, you know. That sounds yeah. actually pretty wild. Delicious. I'm going to have to find that. Yeah. Um, I am opposite end of the spectrum here. So I mine is um, One Drop Brewing Co. from oh, Sydney. Yeah. I've not had any of their stuff before. Fuck. I had this one beer. I was buying beers for my, I don't know, bit of a laugh. Um, for your Thursday afternoon? Oh, no. It was my first outing post-ISO. I went right. to Hobbsy's place and, yep. and had a few beers. Um mm-hmm. And um, the guy in the shop was extolling the virtues of this beer to another guy so vehemently that I just turned around and was like, I'm going to have to get that as well. So I picked it up. Yeah. It is One Drop Brewing Co.'s Tropical Smoothie Sour, which is a nitro lactose sour beer. Yes. It is amazing. It, we, me and Hobbsy had tried it. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't think Hobbsy would be that into it because I don't mm-hmm. think he's that into sours. We loved it so much. I went and bought six more of them some considerable expense yeah i was gonna say i thought you said you couldn't find them um i had to go online right and um pre-order okay um uh, yeah it was some considerable expense and it's become um uncouthly known as jesus jizz between me and hobsy because it's that good that's like a that's like the dark side of the coin for jedi juice yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Hop Nation. Yeah, I feel bad now. I'm sitting here wearing a Hop Nation hat. Yeah, you got a little white on. Never mind. Yeah, it's, um, the, it's, the, it's the the image on the hat. Leave me alone. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. So, uh, that was uh, an intense and unusual beer, and mm. it was very, very good. Um, I'm gonna go look for your beer, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. So uh, good luck. It. I think like McKellar stuff. Usually, good luck. No, I mean like McKellar stuff. Like not everybody imports it to start with. Hard to find. But yeah. I think also the beer geek stuff that they put out is like smaller batches again. And I, I bought this months ago. Double fuck. Um. So you might be able to like it's not out of production, but yeah. See how I can go. Maybe. Fair maybe. enough. Um, there was another one I had, which was like, it was just called brunch, but it was another like big boozy sort of stout thing. Tasted of avocado and eggs. It was kind of weird. To yeah. <laughs> How'd they get that in there? I don't know. <laughs> just literally an egg. Just jamming the avocado in the top of the can. Lovely. Yeah. Cracking. Yeah. Oh, egg joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. So we got three beers today. Yep. Um, issue is that i've looked into the beers already and we're probably going to be quite pissed by the end of this oh well it's um, a celebration unlike us as well yeah um so mike 
You're going to kick us off? I am. You've got the first one. Yep. So, do you want to quickly tell us what beer we've got while we crack it open? I certainly do. So, we've got from Mountain Goat. Oh, yeah. I should do that. Um, who are based here Ooh. in Ooh. Melbourne. Uh, in Richmond, they're near, uh, the, they're like across the road from the, the Royston, one of, I think, both of our favorite pubs in Melbourne. One of Melbourne's best pubs, yeah. Yeah, also true. Um, you still have that photo on your on your fridge of when we went to Mountain Goat that time. I do. Um, Mountain Goat's 20th birthday. Yeah, it was. Um, so this is the POG IPA, P-O-G being an acronym standing for passion fruit, orange, and guava. Uh, this says it is a beer brewed with passion fruit, orange, and guava juice. All right. I'm going to pour mine. You've just done yours. So yep. um, tell me tell me how it smells before I get there. I'll be honest with you. I cracked it and the smell hit me in the face. I love it when the beers do that. We did have a few of those recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. As soon as you open it, it's just like boom, straight up the nostrils. And Ooh. there's a little bit of like fruitiness from the yeast, which I really appreciate. Okay. But um, yeah, passion fruit, orange and guava, man. Like Good combo. It smells of a fruit salad. Yeah. There's not really any other notes on the can other than it's two standard drinks. It is a much darker color than I imagined. It's like a dark yeah. orange. I expect it to be one of those very hazy, very light sort yeah. of looks From like that fruit juice. Description, sure. Yeah. All right. Let's put it in our mouth holes. And that seven percent isn't hiding. I can taste that, but not yeah. in a bad way. Not overly. I, I think that initial sip. Yeah, I can. You cer- can, you can, can get the boozy taste the. Oh, what is that? Passion fruit. I think comes mm. through most. Yes, very much so. I'd say. A little bit passiota, or whatever it's called. Pasito? Yeah. Which I haven't had. What's the soft drink? Passiona? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's local soft drink. Leave pash. Me alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, Get a can of pash. Yeah. Lemon and pash. Yeah. Um, I quite like that. Yeah, I like that too. It's like, you're right, the, the booze is certainly there to the point where it is almost overpowering the fruit flavors. Mm. But it's 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 well balanced. I've actually yeah. I've not had a good I've not had a mango in a while, as I was saying to you. And mm. I think this is a really yeah. solid uh, one from them. Actually, it, the last mountain goat I had, horn please. before we move on, yeah, was the horn please, um, which was like a chili chai imperial stout. And I think I had it like we did. We still try this one on the podcast. Yeah, I think we were so. both a bit disappointed by it. Yeah, just I wish those flavors were a bit more pronounced. This mm. almost the same problem, but not as much. Like. I, the, the fruit just needs to cut through a bit more for me. Well, I think this has gone more... So it's a POG IPA, and I think mm. it's gone more down the IPA route. So yeah. there's a little bit of um, dank hop, earthiness the at the back. as well, yeah. Yeah, and the maltiness is there. Yeah. Um, and the fruit juice is like through it. Mm. Um, I think the fact that it's a bright purple and pink can mm. and the names and the, and the things yeah. that are going on makes you expect something different. But I actually really like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, I think... And it's a mass release, so you can get them in sixes. Oh, true. Okay. Yeah. I just think, um, yeah, it's getting a bit lost in the noise almost, the, the fruit flavors. Yeah. I, can, I, like, I certainly get them right after I've had it, but then what I'm left with is the is that feeling of the alcohol burn for a bit. Yeah. I don't mean. Mm. I, don't, I don't necessarily mind it's it. Not, it's not unpleasant. It's no. just what I would like out of it is a bit more of the fruit. To be honest with you, if this was 4%. Yeah, it'd be a different story. And uh to be honest, if it was four percent and like the same flavors, just ever yeah. slightly less alcohol burn, and like a session pog yeah. IPA, yeah, God, I could nail those. Yeah, like not even have to be like a hot day or anything. No. It's just really refreshing. Yeah, it's really nice. Cracking. Okay, all right. Ready so for- we're, we're keeping the NG going. Yeah, all right. You're up first. Actually, who did this beer suggestion come from? Oh, uh, was- this <laughs> actually came from friend of the show. Unsurprisingly, he put a couple of entries in. Tadus Chandra Shaker. So Tadus, yeah. thank you very much for yeah. this entry. Good shout. All right, let's uh. Let's get into the topic for this one. It's Pogs. It's Mike. He's back. 
Yeah. In pog form. Yeah. Um, so pogs, as I've written here, is big 90s energy. Um, <laughs> it was a popular game with kids in the 90s, but actually dates back as far as the 40s and 50s. Um, yeah. It should also be noted at this point that pogs is a trademarked term uh, in the game that you play with them is generically known as milk caps. Oh, this makes actually shitloads more sense yeah. now. It's just so, like novelty flying disc for Frisbee. <laughs> it's in there. Uh, <laughs> originally, uh, the Haleakala Dairy Company of Maui, Hawaii, thank you, uh, sold a fruit drink in a glass bottle with the brand name POG, an acronym that stood for passion fruit, oh orange, God. and guava. So remember how I asked you before we recorded, how much do you know about POGs? That was why. We literally because this is right on the nose. So we literally, <laughs> so we we talked about this beer yeah. a few weeks ago on the pod, uh-huh. on the pod, did it? And yeah. we were like, oh, it stands for porridge, porridge, and guava, porridge, after it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really surprising. Yeah. How did I not put these two together? I didn't expect it to be this circular. Yeah. Circular. Yeah, fucking literal is what it is. Um, and yeah, so <laughs> I wrote here like the the fruits and the drink sounds like a delicious combo. Uh, this beer is a testament to that. Um, the so the bottles had uh caps on them these these uh the yep. sort of the dairy uh products that they were producing not the not the fruit drink okay fruit, fruit drink probably did too um what am i saying it's probably in the same uh, but not like a screw top not that kind of crimped style that you see on beer bottles but it's more like now when you open certain milk bottles and they've got that little plastic seal under the lid okay and you have to like peel it off okay it's like that kind of shape but they were made with like this thin cardboard kind of material Huh. That kind of like sealed around the edge. Like they're not great, but that's what they used back in 40s and 50s or whatever. Yeah. Um, they discontinued the glass bottles in 1955, but kept making the caps so that the game could continue that had sprung up with them. Good of them. Yeah. Uh, so the game of pogs or milk caps is actually pretty simple. Uh, each player brings an equal number of caps uh, to the game, which are then all put together and used to build a stack. Yep. So you've got like a little tower of them. Uh, they then take turns throwing what's called a slammer down on the stack. And so a good way to think about those is like uh, something about the size of a coin, about, mm-hmm. say that big sort of, uh, what, what would that be across? Like not quite as wide as the top of <laughs> just, it. Just realize this is so, so yeah. audio medium. Something about this no, big. Yeah. Uh, peanut? No. So take like take the, that top of the beer can and then like it's a little bit smaller do, than do, that. Do you want to just say like three and a half, four centimeters yeah. slash an inch and a bit? Yeah. Um, I was going to say the size of an original New Zealand 50 cent coin, but you wouldn't have seen one of those. Uh, also, Mike, I've played and owned Pogs. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just I just realized you have not played or owned Pogs. Uh, so I was like, the context for me, I'm like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah I know what they are. Um, so yeah, s- slammer thrown down on the, on the, on the, on the stack there. The stack com- like kind of compresses like a spring and then a bunch of them will pop off. Um, any that land face... Uh, so yeah, the, the player then takes any that land face up, any that land face down, they put back on the stack and play continues. Uh, and you keep going until there's none left. Uh, and then the person who's got the most wins, essentially. Mm. So that's the game. Uh, so the explosion of this game in the early 90s was triggered by the Haleakala Dairy Company expanding into Oahu, which is a more populated island because uh, they were on Maui, the, uh, the small one. Uh, and then it went from there to the US mainland uh, you could get pogs with all sorts of pop culture icons on them. Mm. There was at one point Marvel were doing like Alf. Yeah, like <laughs> that's the Simpsons yeah. reference. Sorry, so Marvel were making pog-like items. Um, they weren't officially 
pogs because of the whole trademark thing but mm. they they had you could get like ones with marvel characters on there and obviously a collector's market sprung up and kind of still persists to this day around oh them. i can imagine so yeah. yeah uh like when i was looking around there was like uh so i just searched pogs and then like there were the, like shopping listings on google one of them was like a complete dragon ball z set of pogs and i was like fuck off with that how much did you spend on it i didn't how much was it i don't remember i just i, I didn't want to look just, just in case panic scrolled <laughs> um mike really likes dragon ball z for the record on the drive down yes. he saw a guy wearing a like a goku <laughs> yeah, jumper did. and was like oh shit that jacket and i was yeah. like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i have a shirt with that fucking oh, logo on it you also have a goku tattoo yeah, and a fucking half sleeve <laughs> anyway. um so yeah the, the fad of pogs um after that sort of ran its course from 91 to about 97 and that's kind of where it just fucking went away but mm. and it's at height you could get it in like a mcdonald's happy meal you could get pogs mm-hmm. it was doritos nuts. used to give their own branded ones away called tazos we'll get into that oh fuck sorry uh so yeah as i mentioned pog was a trademark term held by the world pog federation uh, the governing body for yeah, the game of Pogs. The, the Haleakala Dairy Company actually owned 14% of that. So it's like, yeah, they're involved. I wonder involved. which was more profitable. I don't know. Uh, in 1994, a lawsuit was settled between them and the Universal Pogs Association over, uh, like, over, over them and other companies using the word Pog as a generic term because the game of Pogs actually, like just the name came up because kids just called it that. And so that's kind of their argument for why it's a generic term. Um, but they, they ended up settling the lawsuit and the outcome of that was that POG was recognized as World POG Federation's term and Universal POGs Association changed their name to Universal Slammers Incorporated, which is a way better name. That is actually <laughs> a fucking sick name. Yeah. Also, nerds can ruin anything. True. Uh, so yeah, as, as you kind of almost mentioned before, this whole situation is actually really similar to the word Frisbee. Yes. Which is owned by a company called Whammo. I thought you meant like... Literally, I was like, no, it isn't. No, no. None of the same letters. No. Um, but yeah, a company called Whammo owns owns the rights to the, the, the phrase Frisbee in like selling products. Yep. But literally no one gives a shit. Like I'm someone who plays Ultimate Frisbee and it's much easier to say I play Ultimate Frisbee than to say I play a sport that is just called Ultimate, which it technically is. Uh, I think it's actually much funnier if you say I say I play Ultimate Novelty Flying Disc. Yeah. As mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, so. Fun fact, a Frisbee holds three pints of beer. Yes. Uh, I so a couple of tournaments I've been to, which are like party tournaments, social tournaments. Uh, it sounds like a lot of them are. No, it is. Um, well, a lot of them can be. This game, but some of the celebrations around those tournaments are filling a disc full of beer, which will take like a six pack, and then having a whole team drain it through straws. It's a lot. That's that's, that's like eight too many people. I don't know how many people are on a team, but. Uh, usually it's like for small tournaments, so it might be like seven. Okay, that's six too many people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've seen that happen a few times. Solid. Um, so many children playing the game uh, would keep the caps that they won. Oh yeah, you got to play for keeps. Yeah. Pink slips. But Pura. pink slips. Because of that, schools looked at it as a form of gambling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is why, <laughs> this is the reason why they were banned in Australia among other parts of the world. Um, but there were always, as you mentioned, Tazos or Tazos, depending on where you come from, which were a thing in New Zealand. Like, we didn't get pogs. We definitely got Tazos. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> New Zealand gets the off... New Zealand, off-brand Australia, well, I've, got I've, the I've, off-brand I've, pogs. I think it's probably more a case of, like, the companies that were distributing pogs in the 90s weren't distributing products in New Zealand. That's a... 
So you mean, sorry, the Universal Pog Federation? We're not, yeah, we're not, we're not, whatever they are. Did not have representation in Aratoa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tazos are basically the same thing, but they've got like these little notches in the edges. I yeah, they remember do. It's those. super weird. I don't know I'm, why. I'm 99% certain. It's just that they were legally distinct. Well, you could like slot them together and like... You could. I never worked out if that was the point. No, but <laughs> like why else are they there except for, you know, the reason you just mentioned. It's fucking odd. Um, but yeah, so, and the, the difference with Tazos though, or Tazos is that they weren't originally created as a bottle cap. They were just created to be a different kind of pog, essentially. Yeah. But the game was literally the same thing. Like, there were slammers. You stack them up. Oh, yeah. You blow was, them off the top. It was a direct ripoff. Yeah. Um, so that... Of, of bottle caps. Yes. Yeah. So that... That's pogs. Pogs. Yeah. Awesome. Are you now sort of familiar slash haunted by the pog mascot? He's quite distinctive. I never saw it. You didn't? No, I was literally looking at a Wikipedia page and that's where all of this came from. Fuck. I, okay, <laughs> can I insist right now that you look up Pog Mascot and try and describe him? Uh, all right. Okay, so you have a picture of Pog, Pog I, Man. We I, I have a few. <laughs> um, this is a nightmare. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, sorry, go I would, on. I would describe it as if one of Chewbacca's testicles <laughs> fell off and became sentient. It's like if Chewbacca had a cyst that had hair and teeth, but yeah. more hair and it's teeth. Ba- it basically looks like an oval made of fur with giant oversized teeth sticking out of its mouth. And like a, everything else is like human-esque. It's got like arms and legs sticking out of it and whiskers for some reason. Do you know what I'm, I'm slightly reminded of? Do you remember doing the Hot Rod episode? Yeah. Do you remember it's, Rat Fink? Yeah, it's that kind of art. Yeah, it's, that, it's, it's not quite as bad as Rat Fink, but it's that sort of like weirdly kind of like grotesque and Car- intense like caricature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very um, unusual. But yeah. yeah, he's like a caveman of some kind. Yes, without the loincloth or any kind of discernible clothing. <laughs> or body. Yeah, <laughs> just legs sticking out of fur. Yeah, it's like Cousin It suddenly sprouted arms and legs mm. Mm. Um, and entered your nightmares. Yeah, and well, I'm going to see that later. Yeah. Yep. Now, New Zealanders know the pain. Well, this New Zealander anyway. This one does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyone else is free to fucking look it up for themselves. Um, I would recommend not doing that. But hey, live your own life. Do it. <laughs> Once you stare <laughs> into the abyss, the Pogman stares back. Oh, God. And we've done an episode on Slender Man. <laughs> and quite a few about the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> Wet and spooky things. We have done a lot of creepy shit on here. And Pogman yeah. might be the creepiest. Yeah. And it's only coming now at what is essentially the lightning round episode. <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, see if we've got a little mascot of Winnie the Pooh, which oh, is do. a very long story. It's over there, um, I'm gonna see if in some way I can edit him to look like Pogman. You probably can, but it won't be done well. That's me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was Pogs. Boom. I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> I love it. I'm leaving that in. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. For teaching all about pogs, are you ready to move into the next uh, topic? Yes, I'm so ready. <laughs> we did that really robotically. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Ack. What? That's a computer symbol for acknowledged. Oh, okay, a, fair enough. Yeah, don't worry about it. I was going to go for a completely <laughs> 90s reference with Gladiator. Ready! Okay. Yeah, is that going to be a reference that you're going to get? No, keep moving. No, no worries. All right, cool. So we're moving into the next topic, and this one comes courtesy of... Phil Mackay, thank you so much, sir. Mm. And we are going to be drinking Hawker's Steph Likes a Party. Look, Double I, IPA. I also like a party. I don't know why Steph feels like she needs to categorize, uh, monopolize it. What was I going to say? I don't know. Categorize them. Um, <laughs> I, I sent a picture of this to my ex, Steph, and she just replied, but I don't. I was like, 
Fair point. Good, <laughs> good chat. Yeah, you got me there. Um, this is a, a double Tom Needs More Friends, which was their old IPA that they did. Um, this one is brewed in collaboration with Bale Breaker Brewing Company, which is fun to say because I'm not too pissed yet. I'm not going to read the can blurb because I read it earlier, but it is actually quite long. But I've given you the synopsis here. Okay. Um, in the meantime, <laughs> Mike has cracked it open hits. and Oof. done what I can only be described as a nitro style pour. What, look, <laughs> it's a half nitro pour. Uh, I'm trying to, just, trying to just get the gas out so it doesn't hit me in the stomach later. It does sound you like just you're trying to drop that all over yourself. Oh, my word. Yeah, I wasn't looking at that. that was Goodness me. Good Lord. What kind of video am I watching? Yeah, what? What? I don't know. Shut up, pour your beer. I feel like someone's monocle just fell off. <laughs> oh, I would love a monocle just so when shopping, shopping, shocking things happen in public, I can pop l- it in you and can drop it. it you can let it fall. Yeah. Because yeah. you'd have to like... Ah, oh, fuck. Okay. You've done it. It's I genetic. Think it's, I think it's the beer. It's the beer, not genetic. Genetic? I don't know. This beer is deficient. Do we want to... Do you want to take a small break while we wait for the beer to settle? A or small, we just a small drink cleaning it? break, maybe? Where did it, where did it go? It's just there. I just oh, okay. Never fine. mind. I've licked um, it up. Licked it off your table. I can get you a teaspoon. COVID you, can, safe. You, can, you can eat the foam. Get a flake in it. That's uh, what we yeah. were saying in the UK. Yeah, I know. I know that. I've put flakes and things. Great. Yeah. <laughs> let's just get, let's let's roll with it. All right. Sweet. I'm gonna, so I'm going to drink through this foam. Uh, I described a little bit the last one to start off with. So do you want to describe a little bit of this first one? Uh, yeah, but I've done nothing with it yet. And you can have a sniff of it. Go and snort the foam. <laughs> I always put my nose in it. <laughs> uh, I, this is quite foamy now it's about to put it on my lips during ISO I've decided to take it upon myself to grow what can only be charitably described as a shit moustache well the thing is like you've let the kind of chin hair oh no grow that's, this is just a couple of days growth no I know but like it kind of makes it look like you're going for a half goatee situation yeah it looks really I wild I need, to, I, need, I, need, I need to shave um, but are you trying to let it grow into a bit of a handlebar down the side of your mouth there yeah I want to look like it's... Sam Elliott not because of the name, oh, yeah. but that, 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 because seen, he's yeah. a badass. Yeah. Um, but I'm never going to be that her suit. Yeah. Because so. how long have you been growing that? How many weeks have been nicer? Quite a lot of those. Six, seven. I don't know. Ten is the answer. Okay. <laughs> that's that's look. It, I don't. It, I don't know. If this is ten weeks growth. It, it needs more volume. Is the only thing I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm not a hairy man. Anyway, okay. I've tasted the beer. Go for it. It certainly tastes like a double IPA. Like. Unlike the last beer, which had all those kind of fruit notes, this is just, hey, we made a fucking IPA. We're going to tell you all about it. Yeah, I actually yeah. can't think of a much better review than this is an IPA. But a very doubled. good one. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's a decent one. Yeah, like with with the higher alcohol content, yeah, you definitely you get a bit of the burn, but you also just get a bit of a stronger hop flavor as well, which is, you know, typical for a double IPA. Absolutely. Can I just say, by the way, our audience knows us very well because the beers we picked inadvertently so far, 7%. Nine and a half percent. What's the next one? I haven't checked. I do know it's quite strong. Okay. Um, it's good as well. I've had it before. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Nice yeah. dark brown color. Um, yeah. Flavorsome. Yeah, because I'm not used to an IPA being that that dark in color. It looks almost like, oh, I think double IPAs tend to be a bit darker, but we're so used to but like that the hazy, much. juicy yeah, ones at well, the moment yeah. that they're very light and bright. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, bail, where are Bale Breaker from? The uh, US. Oh, no. Okay, so this logo here, the Carwin Collaborational. Huh. Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's the International Beer Festival for Carwin Sellers. Which hasn't happened. 
this was supposed to happen this year for the first Shit. time. So what it was... Yeah, is, are we drinking the COVID-exclusive beer? Basically. So what that event was... I had tickets to it, and it's it's like postponed until October, so I've got, I think. Um, just before you dig into that, mm. and you're just telling me about it. Yeah, I sent you the link when tickets went out. I swear to God. I actually think you did. I yeah. want to give you this face for a while. Yeah, you can. Uh, so the whole... The whole gist of that event was Fuck. like they were organizing, I think they were organizing breweries to do collaborations together to brew beers just for this event. And this was one of them. Mm. Um, yeah. Fuck. I didn't realize this was one of those. Well, cock and balls. That's, oh, um, damn. Well, well like, I'm really glad you brought it because I was, I was sad to miss out on it. But they did like obviously come out and say like a lot of these beers are still going to come out because they were in production, obviously. Because the event was supposed to be, I think, like May or June or something. So I've just had a horrible thought, by yeah. the way, that we are currently in the middle of what would normally be Gab's season. Yeah, it could be a week. We, yeah. we, Gab's was supposed to be last week. On Friday, we had tickets. Yeah, I'd like to pull like, one think, out for my homies, but... I think Gab's is postponed until like August, right? Not to my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. The, they, they'd, they'd sent out the email to be like, hey... Oh, you got, have the tickets. I don't yeah, know. yeah. That's what I mean. They postponed it. Yeah, to August. Fuck. I don't know what they're going to do. It just if, made my night significantly or, or, or better. August, and it was already great. Well, I don't know if August is going to be viable, but that's the current postponed date is in they August. They can kick the can down the road a little bit further. I don't mind. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, this changes but yeah. some things. Yeah. So, yeah, really glad to get this one and actually try something from that event that I was very excited about because Carwin, one of my favorite places to go. It is banging. I yeah. rang them earlier. They were very helpful. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But double IPA. I don't think there's anything necessarily groundbreaking about it, but that that being it's, said, it's very it's g- very solid. Yeah, and it's very like it's well rounded. I would say actually, like some double IPAs you get, it like hits a little too hard with the booze or the hop flavor. But this, mm. it's like it's quite well balanced. I think I think this is really good. Yeah, I've taken quite a few big gulps of it. Yeah, I better get into the story it's before I go. Shockingly easy to drink. Too mental. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to be covering a period of time in Manchester history. So All right. I'm going to be talking about Tony Wilson, the Sex Pistols, excuse me, Tony Wilson, Sex Pistols, not the Sex Pistols, Factory Records, the Hacienda, 24-Hour Party People, and uh, Mad Chester Movement. All right. Um, I have a few sources I just want to uh, reference, Open Culture, the BBC, The Guardian, and of course, Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Tony Wilson was the presenter of So It Goes. It was a... Uh, Granada TV's music culture events show up in uh, Granada is based around Manchester in the UK. Okay. Um, on top of this, he was also an anchor in a few different things. Like he was in the world in action. Mm-hmm. Um, he hosted After Dark, which was the UK's first late night chat show, um, which I've seen a few clips of and is very good. It literally was like a show that had a start time and an unknown finish time. And these just get people on and uh, fit a topic out. That is like Twitch. Dude, Twitch is like that. Brilliant idea. This is like the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Um, as well as like doing various BBC segments for the North. Mm-hmm. Most of his work centered around Manchester. He once actually got a job at the BBC in London, drove down, hit the outskirts of London, stopped the car at a payphone, rang his boss at Granada and asked for his old job back because he didn't want to be in London. Wow. Yes. He is Manchester's most, one of Manchester's most beloved sons. Wow. Okay. Um, He's passionate about helping Manchester to recreate itself as a modern major city in the wake of the sort of northwest slow decline um, mm-hmm. throughout the post-industrial sort of uh, time. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony often described himself as being in the right place at the right time. 
And that was never more true than when he was one of 40 people in the audience for a Sex Pistols gig at the Manchester Lesser Free Trade Hall in 1976. Describing yourself as being in the right place at the right time is a very optimistic outlook on life. I would describe myself as one of the luckiest human beings in the world. So I'm with him. Yeah. Tony, I mean, you're dead, but... Um, So... The Manchester Lesser Free Trade Hall gig of the Sex Pistols what of Sex Pistols was the most important gig in history. Okay. Um, excuse me. <laughs> it carries an enormous reputation because there was literally about forty people in the audience. Yeah. And there's lots of articles and books and stuff out there called "I Swear I Was There." Well, how many people were in the Sex Pistols? Like three, four, four. Yeah. So it's ten to one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't because of the music the Sex Pistols played. I mean, mm. realistically, they played like. A handful of covers, or rather, majority covers, and a handful mm. of originals, and um, Sex Pistols were. Ugh, look at whatever you think. That, that's a whole pistols. episode on its own. Leave them alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but much, much, much more important was this: in attendance on that day, Tony Wilson, as mentioned, mm-hmm. Howard Trafford, and Pete McNeish, um, who later became Howard Howard uh, Devoto and Pete Shelley, the founding members of the Buzzcocks. Oh. They six months later birthed the indie movement by releasing the first independent punk album, Spiral Scratch. Salford City Council clerk Peter Hook walked into a music store. Who was there? Walked into a music store the next day, bought a bass and formed Joy Division, later <laughs> New Order. Morrissey was there, who wrote a letter to the NME saying, quote, despite their discordant music and barely audible audacious lyrics, they were called back for two encores, basically saying, I think I can do better, went on to form the Smiths. Mark E. Smith uh, of The Fall was there. And while I was writing this, I listened to their debut album Live at the Witch Trials. Fucking brilliant. Go out and listen to it. Um, Ian Curtis of Joy Division, who later formed Joy Division, was mm-hmm. there. John the Postman was there, who was a local punk staple for many, many years um, throughout the Manchester scene. You were scene. listening to that when I picked you up tonight. Yes, I was, because I've been really ru- yeah. loving this at the moment. And Mick Hucknell, who went on to form another band before Simply Red. Um, yeah, that's how that yeah, is. You yeah, you know yeah, that big ginger head from uh, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, he was there as well. The, along with that, they also uh, had Martin Hannett, who went on to form Factory Records alongside Tony Wilson. Okay. The audience of this show went on to influence every single important band from the UK, especially from the north of the UK, for the uh, onwards. Wow. Think about this. Not even just the UK. Arctic Monkeys, Oasis, uh, The Smiths, uh, The Smiths, one of them was there, mm. Interpol, Arcade Fire, uh, The Future Heads, uh, who I really like, Maximo Park, um, like uh, Oasis, which I think I actually mentioned, but like mm. uh, Blur, London-based admittedly, but just about like half of the music that I listened to was influenced yeah. by that one night in 1976. Yeah. There were so many bands out there that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this gig. Yeah. And I feel like if you ask most people our age, like what music do you associate with England? Like you've just named most of them. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And also like Buzzcocks, The Fall, The Smiths, uh, Joy Division, New Order. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Wow. Magazine as well. Simply Red. Like. Mm. 40 people at a gig. Yeah. The percentages that went but on also, to perform. Like, it wasn't just they spawned a wave of punk. Like, these are different genres you're talking so about. So diverse. Yeah. Like, incredible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, Tony went on to form this thing, Factory Records. So, it was a label started by Wilson and four others. I'm not necessarily going to really cover them because I don't really have time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was seen as the sort of great Manchester record label. It didn't have the Buzzcocks, didn't have Magazine, The Smiths, The Fall, Stone Roses, or Oasis ever amongst its label mates. But mm-hmm. 
largely their success was centered around Joy Division, New Order, and third band called the Happy Mondays, who, sorry, Happy Mondays. I've put the on a lot of these bison. But, it um, makes sense. Yeah. Most bands have the at yeah. the start. Um, so some of them you may know, some of them you may not. Mm-hmm. So minor successes were had with Joy Division early on, and they gained pretty swift popularity, mm-hmm. recording and releasing on Factory Records in 1979. Uh, that was their debut album. Next year, 1980, the band are set to tour the US and Canada. Lead singer Tony Curtis kills himself on the eve of the tour, age really? 23. What? Um, struggled with a lot of mental health issues okay. as well as his um, quite severe epilepsy and mm-hmm. um, killed himself before the tour. The remaining members of the group reformed under the name uh, New Order, remained a factory record staple, right. and their single Blue Monday became a massive hit. Yeah. You you, you look confusing. You must no, know New Order. I, I rec- no, I, I do. I reckon I've heard Blue Monday. I just can't immediately recall it because I didn't really like get into them in it's a big like, way. Ding, 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 I'm not doing that just at all. Yeah. Dung, 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 dung. Ah, that's a terrible rendition. I'm, yeah. It's really hard to do. I'm sure, electronic. I'm sure I've heard it. Yeah, I'll play it later. Yeah. Um, so during this time, Wilson actually also opened up a club uh, in Manchester called the Hacienda. It's a legendary nightclub in Manchester. Okay. Um, it took the Detroit and New York house music sound and brought it to the UK. So alongside acts like Happy Mondays, putting on their localized spin to the uh the house music coming out of the US, Hacienda became a venue tied forever to the Madchester movement. And if you grew up in the 90s in the UK, Madchester was a legitimate thing that everybody knew. In fact, if you grew up in the 80s, you're familiar with Madchester. Mm-hmm. It's the swaggering, baggy, uh, bucket hats, like uh, northern attitude, uh, dance music with indie sort of like right. vocals okay. sound. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I'm getting a picture. What I'm getting thrown by is the image in my head of sh- chavs. I mean, you're not necessarily too far off. Yeah, I wasn't trying to draw parallels, but that's like that sounds close enough to that that I'm having a hard time. It was it, it separating was significantly them. before, but yes, right, okay. I, I do understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, so alongside acts like uh, excuse me, Happy Mondays, as I mentioned. Um, the Hacienda had a lot of uh, resident DJs, played a lot mm-hmm. of gigs from other other people that I will sort of go into later. Okay. Um, Happy, Hacienda was a massive thing and a huge cultural movement. Unfortunately, it's got a lot more cultural cachet in later years than it necessarily had at the time. I mean, money around Factory Records and Hacienda was always insanely tight. At the time, we were going through the rise of ecstasy in the UK. Okay. The problem with people taking ecstasy in a nightclub is they don't drink a lot. That's, yeah. Unfortunately, nightclubs are very, very reliant on alcohol sales. Yeah. Well, mm. I mean, they're not selling the drugs. So, yes, that makes sense. Exactly right. <laughs> so, um, alongside that, lots and lots of violence in and around the club, including yeah. um, a couple of, uh, I think, one or two deaths. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't looking great for yeah. the Hacienda. And um, Factory Records was basically broke. And right. um, shut down itself in 1991. Okay. Um, it turns out that Blue Monday, the biggest single by New Order, was actually losing five pence for every single sale because the complex cover art design, which was designed by Peter Saville, who was another founding member of Factory Records, okay. it's a really cool design, but it was really expensive to produce right. compared to the sale of the record. Really? So unfortunately. And that just never balanced out. No, it was an absolute loss leader. Wow. Five cents per rec- five pence per record yeah. sold. 
And they would have sold a lot. They sold a shitload yeah. of them. It was their biggest single by far. It was the one that was propping up New Order. Yeah, that's that's a bad deal right yeah. there. It was a nightmare. Holy shit. So that and the frequent violence and all the ecstasy yeah. and the police attention that, that was gaining meant that in 1987, the Hacienda, which had largely actually relied on money raised by Joy Division, New Order, and Factory Records for its survival to that point, closed its doors forever. As did Pogs. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> in many ways, probably contributed to it. Yeah. Um it's estimated by one of the factory records guys that in the latter years it lost eighteen million pounds. Holy shit! That is in the late nineties. Yeah, that, that, that's back when it was like, you know, I'm thinking about British pounds to New Zealand dollars because that's like it was always uh, it had all, been like four to one. At the yeah, time. we always looked at it as like three or four to one. Yeah, so now imagine like wow. the 50, 50, 60 million dollars in nineteen ninety seven as well. Yeah, and then you like extra- for a night extrapolate club. it based on um, inflation and all that. That's a fuckload. Yeah, insane. Um, I mean, it has a legendary status, as I've said. Bands that played the venue included things like the Happy Mondays, mm-hmm. obviously, the Smiths, Madonna played a set there. Yeah, right. Um, it also cemented the reputations and careers of several resident DJs, uh, people that I don't necessarily know because I'm not into that kind of music, but Greg Wilson, John DeSilva, who are apparently legendary in the Hacienda and like DJ house music circles. Yeah, and right. like that, but it's not really our kind of music. Yeah, but, I was yeah. going to say, it's not something I'm totally familiar with. 100%. Um, the rise and fall of um, uh, Tony Wilson was immortalized in the Steve Coogan comedy, uh, yeah, comedy, sort of half true um, document, fucking hell, biographical film uh-huh. called 24 Hour Party People, okay. which I haven't actually seen, to be perfectly honest with you, but I did watch some trailers for it and stuff, some clips from it, and I found it very amusing. I okay. had to check it out. Okay. Um, and the, the movie ends during the last night of the Hacienda. It's just finished its final gig, and they're mm-hmm. sat on the roof. Him and Sean Ryder, the Happy Mondays, and a couple of others sat um, smoking a joint on the roof, and mm-hmm. then God comes down and tells Tony that he's done enough to earn his place in history. Uh, um, right. In 2002, okay. the Hacienda was demolished to build apartments. The, depart- the apartments are called the Hacienda Apartments. And in selling okay. and advertising, they use the tagline, now the party's over, it's time to come home. That sucks. I find... I, I, it made my skin crawl reading that. Like, I'm not even yeah. into this music, but that made me so, so sad. Like, naming the building Hacienda, that's one that kind thing. kind of makes sense. I, I, in, nowadays, it would be listed, and they would yeah. build on top of it. Yeah. But... You, use so it, culturally like significant using the death of that cultural icon well, to sell apartments yeah that sucks it's really sad yeah um wilson himself um went into a few different things party politics around like um manchester uh, around representation in the north right interestingly um regional representation in the north of england which i also read a thing today which dominic cummings who's currently in the news for breaking covid restriction laws that he put in place in the uk is yeah. an unelected advisor to boris johnson he was the one that got them shot down. So right. he killed Tony Wilson's legacy, which was the representation for regional politics in the North. What do you mean by regional politics? Um, so um, like having a representative assembly in places like the Northwest, like Manchester and like the and further right. North. Okay. So like in the UK, we have like a parliament in, in Northern Ireland, a parliament in Scotland, and a parliament in Wales. Right. Um, but England is just all in London. Yes. Yeah. For all intents and purposes. And he wanted to have like, for want of a better word, devolution to for the North to not govern itself, but to like have more say in what happens in that area by sure. having representation locally to then be part of the wider United Kingdom yeah. government. Yeah. Because you don't really have like states or territories that kind of mm. argue on behalf of their 
areas, right? It's just all of England. No. Counties have like county councils, but it's not. They're, but, they're it, but that doesn't like factor into national level conversations. Not really. Yeah, they're intentionally powerless. okay. That makes sense. Um, so amongst other things, that was that was kind of his legacy, and um, uh, unfortunately, um, in two thousand and seven, Tony Wilson died of um, cancer-related illnesses and a heart attack. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, genuinely quite sad. And I was, I was mm. reading about it last night. It actually, maybe maybe pretty gutted because it's, mm. um, he was a, a very audacious and um, not necessarily the most. He's quite a controversial character. Sure, but controversial for wanting to bring change. Yeah, and yeah. To, and to make Manchester into a cultural, political, and um, economic force in a in a, in a part of the country that in the seventies and eighties was was bleeding out and, and hurting and was really right. suffering. Yeah. Um, so it's really sad. Tony Wilson, um, Tony Wilson, 2007. Mm. And no, but like, don't end on a sad note because yeah, what an absolute legend. He left us with yeah. some fantastic stuff. And um, yeah, I think I'm going to go watch 24 hour party people soon. Yeah. And take a load of ecstasy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect you to say that. Nah. <laughs> Bit of a laugh in it. Yeah. Yeah. That was the rise and fall of Factory Records. Tony Wilson, the Hacienda, yeah. Joy Division, New Order, the Happy Mondays. 24 hour party people, Steph likes a party. That's how we got there. Yes. <laughs> uh, tangential. Always tangential. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so, speaking of parties and people who like them, are you ready for another beer? I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, I've got the taste now. Yeah, I'm, I'm dry over here. After drinking what is essentially a can of 18% after the two. Well, something like that. 16. So, next beer is from Deeds Brewing in Glen Iris, Victoria. Hey, hey they've got to proof their tap room during ISO. Amazing. Yeah, fucking great. Fuck, I can't wait because Deeds have become one of my... Very quickly. Yeah, quickly become one of my favorites. Double juice train. I mentioned it in the car ride over here. The Pav beer. Fucking amazing. Uh, so we've done a lot of their beers. We've done like four. We've done a few. Yeah. Pav, this, Slenderman, and I think we've done one more. The Pav wasn't theirs. Are you sure? Yeah. Naked Brunch? Oh, that one we did. That's the Pavlova one. No, it wasn't. Naked Brunch was the Pavlova one. Nope. What was the Pavlova one? Uh, we I, literally said that we were going to do a quiz about this at some point. Yeah, no. How the fuck do I remember this? Uh, Go it, on. No, the Pavlova one was from Collective Arts and something else, but it was not deeds i guarantee you naked brunch was for something else anyway do you want to keep moving yep yep so what we've got is from their dark deeds range uh yeah i guess it's a separate range limited release stuff Uh, yes yeah we've got the the lamington they did like a few horror themed beers which i'm really into so they've got um, so what we've got today though is the lamington which is a brown ale it's a much more mellow 5.5%. Oh, chill. But it's a single tall boy can that we're going to split down the middle. Shit, if I'd known it was only 5.5, which fine. I bought, I should have bought two. It's fine. Mm. Uh, is it? So it's, uh, well, this is getting ahead of us on the back here. Uh, a limited uh, Lemington Ale is a tribute to Australia's famous cake, the Lemington. Um, so what do you say we uh, crack this and pour it? Do it up. Do you like Lemingtons, by the way? Fucking yeah, they're pretty decent. Yeah. I'm not. I'm to be honest with you. I'm not into coconut. Um, I like coconut as a flavor, but desiccated coconut. I don't know. It's something shits me about. Actually, mm. it shits me about it in bounty bars when it's like as a block of desiccated. Oh yeah, no, don't do that. But I like um, coconut on shit. Yeah, like 
that's so dark. I didn't expect to be as dark. Yeah, as it's this. a brown ale, fam. Well, you're a brown it's ale. It's quite fam. brown. That's come out pretty well. I've just done a one shot and that pour, and that's come out pretty much even. Yeah. Happy with that. Um, any other notes off the can? Not really. No. The whole can is two, like, sta- two it, standard drinks. So can I just say one each. Deeds, uh, graphic designer. I do. I like all the shit. Well, the thing is, like, it's they've, just they've generally cool. got a pretty consistent design with the yeah. with the font and generally some geometric stuff behind that. But they, they do some some slight variations in there, some different colors. It just it's a good cohesive brand. Everyone is homogeneously unique. Yes, you are welcome. <laughs> Let's taste this beer. Do it. Have you had this before? No. Oh, well, you go ahead, and I'm going to talk. I've had. A li- I've had a Oh, there was another Lamington beer that came out maybe a couple of years ago. Huh. Um, which wasn't from these guys, but I can't remember who it's from. Uh, but it, it was it really had a strong sort of like sponge and coconut flavor to it. It was bizarre. Okay, so I've had this beer before. So you go ahead. So I actually posted a picture of this on our Instagram recently while I was eating the last of my um, Lamington flavored oh, hot cross buns. That's really good. Delicious. That isn't is it? very close to an actual fucking lamington right yeah. now. Yeah. So for the oh fuck, it's really nice. Yeah. So for those people who aren't Australian uh, or uh, in Australia at least, yeah. Um, I trust neither as Australian. Just keep going. Um, would you like to actually say, say what a lamington is? Yeah, yeah. So because this was actually part of my notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. When we talk a l- little bit more about the beer, then I'll get to it. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to like cut across too yeah, much. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Oh, it's so good. Um, so, Lamington essentially is a, you take like a brick of sponge cake, usually like a little, I don't know. It is a brick. That's it's like, it's like a square, but it's usually like, it's no bigger than your fist. Like, it's not, like each piece that you have oh, is not that big. They're a decent size, yeah. but they're not a mouthful. They're, no. they're like six mouthfuls. About that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> you know, the universal metric. Yeah. So, you take that bit of sponge cake, you cover it in chocolate sauce, and then you roll it in desiccated coconut. That's it. Yeah. Then you, well, you let it set so that it all holds together, but that's yeah. it. It's jam, sponge, it's chocolate, it's coconut. Yeah, the, the jam and the cream in the middle is like an optional extra. Like a Lamington on its own is just the sponge, chocolate sauce, mm. coconut. So it's a jam Lamington. Well, Lamington. The, the fancy version is a, like slice it in half, put cream and strawberry jam in the middle, put it back together. That's a quality it's Lamington. real nice. But Man, this, this is giving me big vibes of that. Out of a beer. I've got a hell of a big sweet tooth over over ISO. Yeah. I don't know where it's come from. Having nothing else Bottom. to eat. Bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom. That's mm. a Buzzcocks reference. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I can taste the sponge and the chocolate and bit, the coconut. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's, it's great. I don't know if that's because they put the name Lamington on the can or if it's legitimately there. This is my. But I don't care. Uh, this is my thing. Is that like you can taste the vanilla in the sponge? Definitely taste the coconut and chocolate mm. elements come through in beer a lot. Yes, but I'm I've got a terrible sense of taste. Like I can taste things, but I cannot place them. Right. And then I've tasted things, and then someone's been like, "That you're tasting is burnt honey," and I'm like, "Fuck yes, absolutely right. yep. it is." Or that you're tasting is guava. And I'm like, oh, shit, oh, like passion fruit, orange mm-hmm. and guava, mm-hmm. hypothetically. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck, that's what it is. Of course it is. I can't place them on their own without the, like, crib notes. But the thing is, like... But that is kind of how us, at least in the English language, trying to describe flavor works. It's fucking difficult. Is, and that's why, like, with the show, we try to be accessible in the language that we use. That's kind of the point. Yeah, is because it's 
it's so hard to describe flavor without just saying it tastes like this other thing that is more accessible. Well, yeah, that's and that's and that's kind of it. Like we want to give people an idea, but like this is the thing: am I getting that taste because of it's called Lamington? Possibly. Yeah. Is it? Am I recognizing that taste because it's called Lamington? Equally, if not more possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, is that what's the flavor that's in my head and in my tongue? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. At the end of the day, that's what it tastes like. Yeah. And I'm I'm into it. I'm into this beer. It is good. It is good indeed. Okay. Shall we move on to what's the it? topic that is related to this beer? So what the beer is called Lamington. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Lamingtons. Believe Inspired. it or not. Inspired. Yes. Uh, so if you go back to Hey Brew, episode eight, titled Not Anacornikova, uh, you'll hear me tell you all about the origin of the Pavlova dessert. That's some good research. Isn't it? Uh, and how both Australia and New Zealand lay claim to it when, in actual fact, neither really has a cl- legitimate claim. Probs Dutch. Yeah. Uh, so the Lamington is pretty close to that kind of situation. Um slightly different though so before we get into that we've talked about the lamington that's all good that's out of the way uh like i said it's often served sliced in half bit of uh like whipped cream in the middle some strawberry jam as well um just to kind of like make it a bit moist because like a a a sponge cake on its own can be a bit dry yeah it can be yeah i prefer them yeah moist um anyway lamingtons or lamos apparently fuck off i've never heard that but that was in the research it was in there. I fucking lamos. I'm a big fan of putting O on the end of some things in <laughs> yeah, Australian. Yeah. Smoko. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, great. Lamo. Not having it? Get out. No? No. Why not? Go die in a bushfire. Wow, no. <laughs> That's rough. Pretty fucking In up. this year of all years? Anyway. In this economy? Let's keep moving. Uh, so, they seem to have been created for either Lord Lamington who was governor of Queensland oh, that's pretty uh, cool. from 1896 to 1901, or his wife, Lady Lamington. Okay. Immediately, I'm imagining them like, <laughs> um, you know, the McDonald's mascots that are like, oh, yeah, an anthropomorphic yeah, burger. Yeah. It's an anthropomorphic Lamington's like, yeah. oh, I'm Lord Lamington of Queens. And here's my wife, Lady Lamington. She's exactly the same, but with a pair of like lipsticky lips. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Big plastic lips just stuck on the front. Yeah. She looks yeah. like Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Uh, so there's a little bit of like, uh, in the information I had, there's a little Did bit. Did anybody ever call him Lord and Lady Lamo? Possibly. Fuck. Um, I, I did, it didn't come up, honestly. Um, It'll be fitting their status. Yes. Uh, so in the information that I found, there's a fair bit of hedging about like the exact origin. Um, it's cool. It's Hebrew. Yeah, because like the Pav- <laughs> like the Pavlova. Uh, records around its creation are a bit shit. Dude, we use a lot of Wikipedia as our sources. No, but even then, I dug into like the shit that it was citing, and this is like people who have written books oh. about the origin of the Lamington. I have no problem with that. What yeah. I'm saying is, we use a lot of Wikipedia as our sources. Yeah. I think that taking Hebrew with a pinch of salt is a given. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> At least a salty snack, like a pork prawn cracker. Yeah, um, yeah. Even even down to like who exactly created the recipe has been debated, and this is only like you know beginning of the 20th century i have to like remember how that works but yeah, yeah. Right. um so yeah the recipe spread quickly uh being found in a sydney newspaper in 1901 and a new zealand newspaper in 1902 oh a little late there pal yeah um, you looked a little, a little bit mad about that which i like i felt on a visceral level you were like 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. Mm. Fucking news yeah. travels slowly in the early 1900s, I guess. In the Antipodes. Yes. Uh, none of those, uh, neither the Sydney or the uh, early New Zealand mentions, um, had the origin of the recipe or its creator. Were they called Lamingtons? Yeah. Okay. But like, there was no information about like where it came from or any or any kind of. This is fucking Lamo. We've been serving <laughs> up in Queensland for a while now. Yeah. Oh, Lamo. Oh, <laughs> I've got some sponge cake. Um, Mate, every time I hear a thick new New Zealand accent now, I just think of the guy on Twitch. He's like, oh, uh, can I give it back? He's so good. I, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so the the relatively tight timeline between the, I guess, inception of the pavlova with, uh, in Queensland and... Nope. Lamington. Yes. What did I say? Pavlova. Oh, shit. Oh, retro. What a callback. Yeah. Okay. So the relatively tight timeline between inception of the Lamington and its, and its appearance in New Zealand... Um, probably explain while it feels a bit like the Pavlova thing where it seems like both countries got to it at the same time and it's we're not sure who had it first. Um, but what I will say is like Kiwis uh, or people from New Zealand, um, for those who aren't familiar with that term, we don't usually push for like we created the Lamington over some of these other things that we actually fight about. Yeah, you guys do fight about who created Russell Crowe. No, example. no, that is like, yeah. we don't want him. You're like, it was yeah. Australia. And Australia's yeah. like, he's a Kiwi. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the world was like, it's the same country. Yeah. Although this one, uh, <laughs> having researched both the Pavlova and the Lamington, uh, this Russell one seems, this, <laughs> the Lamington seems a bit more in the Australia came up with it camp from, from what's out if there. If New Zealand's not actively claiming it, I think we can basically say it also. Yeah. Um, but to, to kind of wrap up this story, um, I'll tell you about a little April Fool's prank. Big into it. Yeah. Um, so I typically hate April Fool's, especially lately when it's like news outlets or online brands doing it. Yeah, it's and it's lame. like everybody's looking forward to the Google April Fool's prank. It's like, it's really not that funny. Oh, some of them I find really good. The World of Warcraft ones statistically have been quite funny. Yeah. Okay. Throughout the decades. I don't yeah. know about the late recent years, but like sometimes I love an April Fool's prank. Okay. I think it's the internet is inadvertently made it better but also kind of ruined it's it because everyone bra- now knows about it it's trying to be woke on the internet and it fucking sucks I don't think this is woke well no but it's like <laughs> this is just brands trying to be aware of the date yes it's like saying like a brand putting up a Christmas message and being like you bastards yeah yeah anyway sorry um, I take so offense to you I'm gonna tell you about one that The Guardian did in 2014 mm-hmm. yeah so they had an article go up uh, by one Olaf Priol Spelled O L A F P R I O L, which is an anagram of April Fool. I like that a lot. Yeah, actually, that's, good. Yeah. that's pretty good. See, um, remember how a moment ago you were hating him? That's good. I like Olaf. <laughs> um, so the article that went up um, stated that new research had found the Lamington was actually invented in New Zealand and was known as a Wellington. I I like this. Yeah, I like this a lot. Yeah. Couldn't say by the way. I'm gonna put an uh, put a thing up next April Fool's Day. Be like, really sorry to announce that for my friend Olaf Priel. <laughs> Don't steal that joke. It's already been done. Fuck you. All right. Um, <laughs> and The Guardian. Yeah. So, yeah, the article also stated that it, it existed prior to the Australian version of the Lamington uh, coming about. The Jam Wellington. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the Beef Lamington. The, so, uh, an article that The Guardian put out after that, it was like uh, months or maybe a year after, um, they said that the prank was so good that they had fooled Wikipedia oh that's great i love that shit yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like someone edited a wikipedia page and be like actually i think actually and the guardian had to be like nah dog we made that shit up 
<laughs> oh, I love that. I wonder how many Wikipedia articles reference April Fool's Day um, articles. Yeah. April Fool's Day retractions even. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Good times. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's what we've got for Lamingtons. It's nice. I like yeah. that. It's wholesome. Like, you could certainly dig more into that. There's people that have like done research and books on it, but nah, again, for this episode, it's nah. Hebrew, baby. This, yeah, <laughs> for loosey goosey for this fucking lightning round. Yeah, I think not. All right, I love that, Mike. Thanks. You're Thank- welcome. You're welcome. Lamington. <laughs> Fike. No. Thanks, yeah. Mike. Fike. <laughs> oh, that's probably a callback <laughs> to episode one. And also a TV series. Yeah, call back to look around you. Oh, fuck. So good. Mike, it's been a year. Hasn't it? It's been, it's been quite a fucking year. Yeah, dog. Quite a wild one. Yeah. All right. Um, I've got a couple of questions for you then uh, as they as the lead out, which is, um, is there a particular episode where you have, feel like you've, you really learned, like, like, fuck, you really learned something? Ooh. I'm, what do you think about it? I'll tell you mine. Yeah. So for me, the, I don't know why, but the maple syrup heist one, I found fascinating because yeah. I knew nothing about that. Like Can some I, of the things you come up, come up with, I mean like, oh, I've got like a passing understanding interest or like yeah. even just like a, I've heard of it. That was entirely new to me. Can I tell you? That's the episode I'm most proud of. It's really it good. Was a lot I of love fun. that one. It was also, a lot of fun the to beer do. was decent. I don't remember what it was. Uh, that was the Naked Brunch. I think that's where it came Fuck. in. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where it was. Well done, Mr. Jeff. Got you yeah. past that test. Yeah. Very good. Very good, sir. Um, um, fuck the one. Okay, I'm literally scrolling back through. No, that's absolutely fine. Through our archives, I'm trying to find um, which one I feel like I learned the most about. Um, okay, I've got it. All right. So mine, episode 17. I've literally just looked this up. Nice cool. Title: A Very Powerful Curse, all about the Madden curse. Ah, that- because like. That, that was a topic that I was always aware of, having like played a bunch of the video games mm. and being like kind of aware of it, but I didn't realize how it was like fucking 95% effective yeah, almost. Ridiculous. You're also not a football fan, right? Uh, I am, but like not to the sense of like- Casually. I, yeah. Like yeah. I, I'm interested in it. I don't watch it all that much. Yeah. I've watched like the occasional Super Bowl and like some matches here and there. Yeah, but that would describe you as not a football fan, but yeah. yeah. Well, like I don't, I don't like pay for a service in which I could watch it anyway. No, that's fair you enough. Know? Yeah. Um, but like I, I like the sport enough that I played the video games for like a number of years. But yeah, that one was fascinating to find out just how fucking prevalent it was. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, good. It's an unbelievably wild one. Yeah. Realistically, is one of those things where it's like if you put a lens on something, you see what you see. Well, yeah, but, uh, but, to quote Henry Zabrowski, my birthday namesake, hmm. what you seek is what you find, and what you find becomes your reality. Yeah, but also that was like maybe one or two cases out of the twenty-something possible cases didn't hit. Like almost yeah. all of them. Yeah, that's it. But they're playing a whatever. Yeah. Anyway, we could have covered it was this wild. episode. It was wild. Yeah, it was a, that was a fun episode. I actually yeah. uh, enjoyed that. I think the beer for me was a little bit kind of like yeah. I don't remember it. But, yeah. Um, which falls into the next question. Mm. In the last year, what's been your favorite beer from the episodes? Do you have one of those? Ooh, Naked now. Brunch for me was a good one. Yeah. Like, as was Pavlova. That's, that's up. Yeah, both both of those, I think, would probably be near the top of my list. Um, I think probably <laughs> one of my favorites. You're having a stroke? Was, uh, yes. <laughs> um, Simpsons reference number two. Ding. Yeah. Um, 
what I hope is it has to be in crime because that was such uh, that was such an unusual and yeah. interesting and I think um, decadent treat because yeah. it was such so long age yeah, and we waited yeah, so long. You, you know what? That's that's probably mine as well because like you know me, I've got a baby mouth when it comes to spice. We've spoken about this already today, but it, but it, it was. It was taste spice yeah, rather yeah. than heat spice, yeah. and I really and it, loved. It that. was also that aspect of you know I've baby I've, mouth. By the way, I just yeah. imagined you with a small child's mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, so like, Spend so a beer. <laughs> so like Stone Brewing. When I was like in uni, they were like one of the ones that I heard about a lot. Yeah, like because like. Also, with, it, with a name enough that you've well, like with a name like come over arrogant there. bastard ale, I was like, "Fuck, that sounds mad." Can I get it? No, it's like twenty dollars a bottle. This is yeah. back in New Zealand, um, and back in the two thousands. Yeah, um, but finding like finding this beer that was a combination of three different versions of the arrogant bastard ale that had been aged for multiple years, had been aged next to chili peppers. It was such like a wild fucking combination of a beer, and the fact that it was a, as good as it was just blew my mind like i was expecting to come out of that being like oh i feel like i'm gonna have some pain tomorrow because of how spicy this beer is it was just it was just genuinely so good yeah um and yeah i like because it was bottled in 2015 and i bought it in i was like 2018 maybe 2019 and i sat on it for months Mm. and i was worried that it was like not gonna be good because of how long i held it or i didn't know how long you're supposed to fucking age a beer yeah um but it turned out to be so good yeah it was it was very very good i once went to a stone brewing um stone brewing tap night at um silver lake social club down in paran okay um which is an american dive bar style bar Mm. which is not quite good it's not quite being a dive bar because it's quite nice yeah but it's a great bar. But they did they did because they were releasing Fear Movie Lions, which I will go into the name with you privately because it's just not worth explaining on the podcast. Okay. Um, uh, it's a double IPA, and I and I right. had a few different stone beers there. But Fair Movie Lions, their double IPA, you can get it quite quite commonly across okay. Australia now. Fantastic beer, like genuinely really good. Uh, but stone beers, brilliant. Yeah. Um, I think because like, like I think here they're probably priced more than they should be because of how hard it is to like get yeah, it over here but import taxes freight was, a lot god i want to say it was maybe 2016 i had uh the woot stout that they made i've not had that it's in the local yeah. shop it's like 45 dollars i'm gonna buy it it is it is worth it he's a teetotaler now yeah um Fair but, play. I, but i think they're, they're basing that on like the original recipe and they're iterating on it every year Mm. Um, but yeah, that I think the one I had was after he'd kind of given up his beer journey. Will Wheaton, that is that mm. the whole collaboration was based yeah. with. Um, but that that is a really good fucking beer. Um, it'll put you to sleep though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna have to get my hands on one. Yeah. That and um, Lizard of Cosby found there's two beers that I want to spend some money on, okay. and of course the um, Oscar Blues um, Jefe fucking. Uh, horchata oh. that I do that I quick story picked up uh, when we were in Carwin Cellars once put it on the counter with another beer and the guy goes are you ready and I was like ready for what <laughs> and then he scanned the beer and went $55 please and I was like fucking excuse me <laughs> and he was like that can is $55 yeah popped it back yeah yeah I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah, you've been saying that for some time. Yeah, well, I got my money. I'm going to do okay. it. Okay, okay. Also, ISA has been quite good for the bank balance, to be honest. Yeah, true. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay. So that's favorite beers. That's favorite episodes. Yeah. Uh, not favorite episodes, but episodes you feel like you learned something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I've I'm surprised it's not been a year. It's been like a year and well, three quarter, two thirds for as us. As far as but our deal is release are concerned, dates, it's been a year. Yeah, fun. It's been good. I've, I've, enjoyed, I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed today actually getting to record in person again. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, it is, I think it's it a little suspicious day to record. Yes, um, and also. We discussed a little bit about things we could do that would be fun, that would be offshoots, but not necessarily even bring to you guys, but things that collaborative products that we could get involved in because I think that mm. one of the most interesting things about this is not necessarily the podcast that we produce, but it's the fact it's a good creative outlet. Oh, yeah. Um, and I like the idea of having more creative outlets. So, yeah. yeah. So so stay tuned, I guess, for, yeah. for more from us. Stuff we may release, <laughs> stuff we may just enjoy in private. Yeah, we might that just, sounds yeah. like mutual masturbation. Yep, it does. And but on that note. It's all in the name of content. All right. Um, well, genuinely on that note, follow us on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on Hebrew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at hello at hebrew.zone. That's hello at hebrew.zone. Send us through some recommendations. Ask us some questions. Shoot us through some bullshit. Um, yeah. Follow us online. Uh, like and subscribe <laughs> yep. on the of podcast whatever. apps yeah. that you listen to. And yep. if you want to leave us a rating, that'd be fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for listening this last yes, year. Like the, I, was, I was, yeah, genuinely. Thank you so much for uh, continuing to to ride this train with us. Yeah, I, I get random people reaching out to me that I know that like I, I've got friends that listen to the podcast. And I mm. love I love hearing friends listen to the podcast. I've also got people that I know sort of incidentally that reach out to me and occasionally be like, "Hey, I, uh, I listen to the podcast. I really like this episode." And I'm like, "Fuck, that's that's really sweet. Thank yeah. you." There's like, times where I'm like, "Why are you listening to this? You don't yeah, even drink 100%. beer." <laughs> and then and then occasionally we look on our like metrics and we see yeah. like we've got listeners in Brazil and we're yeah. like, "What All are right. you getting out of this?" Yeah. But but if you're listening in Brazil or if you're listening outside of New Zealand, Australia or England, yeah. please email us or hit us up on the on, on the socials and let us know because it means that we probably don't know you and we're very excited by that. Yeah. Um but um yeah we really appreciate the support over the last yeah. year um you guys have been great uh we've really loved uh, doing this and mm-hmm. uh that sounds like we're wrapping up we're not this, no no, no sorry. This i was really tempted to be like keep... it's been wonderful goodbye but no no, <laughs> no the hebrew train as i mentioned does not stop here no no, no, no. This... We've, we've got ideas we've got also, beers we just fueled the fuck up <laughs> yeah well uh, having like what three beers yeah. is, is getting me there uh actually so i've to round things off, I'm going to wrap this up and then I've brought party and bullshit. I did see that. I was like, are you going to bring that into the episode? Yeah, I'm going to not bring that's it in. Just, that's a treat for the it's lads. It's a little treat for the lads. <laughs> a little bag of ca- I did bring a big bag of cans <laughs> for the lads to it today. You brought a big bag of cans. Finally. Like a fucking animal. Comes true. Oh. All right. This has been Hey Brew, first birthday extravaganza. Thank you so much, everybody, for your support. We really, really enjoyed making this and we really hope that you continue to listen for the years ahead. Yeah. Tell your friends. Please, friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been Elliot. I've been Mike. Cheers. Cheers. North side is the best. No, west side is the just, best. Just imagine if it was the Kiwi guy who was from the north as well, and you just just like, oh, I'm happy to be beer. and that's how you talk. That? <laughs> that's how you speak. That is like Peter Griffin's Italian accent. Bubbity booby. <laughs> One of the few funny things on Family Guy, because Family Guy dropped off a cliff real hard, yeah. but that and they're like, don't worry, I think I can get the, the lobby to, to uh, give in to smoking, uh, advertising smoking again. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>